Welcome to the Happy Place podcast. I'm Rina, your host. I'm a Shibari artist, tantric body worker, former dominatrix, and extreme sports athlete. I guide people to their core, creating safe spaces for healing and self-discovery. Since childhood, I've challenged societal norms. Through extreme sports, tantra, unconventional sexuality, and psychedelics, I've discovered profound truths. This podcast is for seekers like me, exploring meaning and spiritual illumination in the midst of life's intensity. Get ready to be inspired, amazed, and transformed as we unravel the mysteries of the happy place. Hello and welcome to episode number 19. And today's juicy topic is Shibari or rope bondage, Japanese art of tying. Some of you already know me, so you know that it's a huge passion in my life. I have a Shibari suspension point at my home and I'm regularly tying people up and I do it for a living. And I play for fun, I play for the art of it, for vulnerability, for the thrill, for the danger, for the self-exploration, for spirituality, for sexuality, of course. (laughs) So many reasons to explore ropes. And um, some of you who don't know me, I can introduce myself briefly. I used to be a professional dominatrix in New York City for about a decade and then shifted towards only using ropes in my practice. So I used to carry a huge suitcase with me traveling around the world and offering sessions to my clients. And at some point it was a major shift. I realized that rope has everything that I need to offer someone a deep experience. And these days I'm a Shibari artist and I call myself a vulnerability and intimacy coach. I create safe spaces to fall apart. And in this falling apart, in this messiness, people need their true selves. And I feel it's really valuable for all of us. And it definitely brings a lot of satisfaction and meaning into my life. My work is beautiful. I'm really happy that I am fallen Shibari. And in this episode, I'm really sharing from my heart how passionate I am about this and I'd love to share with you what is shibari and why people want to be tied up why people want to tie other people too but I think the biggest question is why would you want to be tied up what do you get out of it now just recently I posted some picture of shibari suspension someone hanging upside down in my ropes and asking question uh, asking my audience how they feel about it and I got very mixed response. It definitely provoked a lot of responses. And some people would say, oh my God, I want to be there. I cannot wait. Please, it has to be me. And others said that um, it makes me panic. I don't understand. Makes me very uncomfortable. I don't want to see it. And yeah, that's really what ropes do. They provoke all kinds of associations, connections, ideas, and fantasies. For some people, it's scary. For others, it's juicy and delicious and sexy. So many opinions around ropes. And I think that's exactly what makes ropes so intriguing and multidimensional. We are excited about things that are not so black and white and straightforward. And that makes it worth exploring. So um, let me share a bit the origins of shibari. It's a Japanese word. If some of you don't know, the origins of this word is ancient Japan. The art of tying was used 
as an art of torture. Their prisoners were tortured, especially the high-ranking officials were tied up and exposed to the public in very intricate notes. Um, and these notes are not, the rope is not designed to torture them physically as much. It was mostly to provoke shame, to make them feel very ashamed of themselves, obviously so vulnerable, helpless and exposed and powerless, ultimately powerless, right? From high-ranking official, from samurai warrior <laughs> to being just trapped and helpless and exposed. And that was the really intricate torture. In these days, some of you might have heard of Brenna Brown. is a vulnerability and shame researcher. And she speaks that vulnerability and shame are gateways to intimacy, belonging and creativity and overall wellness. And it's really a prerequisite for a deep and intimate connection which is interesting to notice how the same vulnerability and shame can be used to actually punish someone, to torture someone, and same vulnerability and shame can be used as a gateway to intimacy. So how come? So the difference here is in safety and intentionality, right? Once someone feels safe to feel shame, to feel vulnerable, to feel difficult emotions, once someone has an intention for creativity, depth, and connection, for example. This is when those are virtues, those are your gifts, those are some precious um, aspects of being human. And it's very important to create an opportunity to explore yourself and your partner in this space where you can dive deeper into vulnerability. But moving forward with Shibari, so, in recent years in Japan, shibari became an erotic art. It's been used in porn and recently in certain cultures and places where people explore tantra, sexuality, spirituality, ropes started to become a tool for self-exploration because people started to feel and recognize how much depth of emotions and feeling and embodiment is possible when using ropes to tie someone up. When you're tied up, you start feeling a lot of new worlds within yourself, right? So for someone can be um, an experience of relaxation and rest that they just cannot have otherwise. For others, it's an emotional release. Someone else can start finally feeling sexual and for some of us, it's playfulness, it's uh, aliveness, it's uh, an opportunity to feel juicy and giggly and um, feel childlike kind of innocence. So ropes have a lot of potential for self-exploration and for spiritual exploration as well, because one can experience a deep meditative state while in ropes. Um, someone said that ropes are in a way like a forced meditation, like you're being tied up and then there's nothing you can do but to be with yourself and just ultimately meditate. It's also interesting to notice how our minds tend to get quieter in ropes because we get a signal that there is nothing we can do. We're out of control. That's it. <sighs> just exhale and give it up and let go and surrender. 
And see what happens if you just stop controlling everything. And so many people realize that they control their lives so much in so many ways. So once they get tied up, there is this tremendous sense of well-being and release and calmness. So I don't think I will surprise you if I tell you that modern day disease is busyness in our actions, busyness in our mind, overflow, overwhelm, overdoing, overtrying, overachieving. There is too muchness of life. There's so much stimulation and everything wants to pull us in. Like this is important. We have to get this done. We have to be this way. We have to do this. And it's life is very fast and competitive. And that's why I feel like exactly these days ropes become so popular. As a Shibari artist, I can tell you that so many people want to be tied up. There is no shortage of people who want to be tied up, right? Including myself. Trust me, the fact that I'm tying doesn't mean I don't want to be tied. I also want to be tied up more. It's hard to find someone who can tie me up. (laughs) Of course, some people can, technically speaking, tie you up. But I feel like the art of Shibari has a lot more depth than just the technical tie. So let me share a bit more about the meaning uh, that I find in rope bondage and different reasons for practicing rope bondage, right? So the meaning, for me, the first thing that comes is an exploration of vulnerability. I call myself a vulnerability coach and my, my tagline is creating safe spaces to fall apart. And I feel like the meaning of Rope bondage is in this deep state of surrender. We create safety, right, by negotiating consent, by discussing physical limitation and how we're going to communicate throughout this experience. And that's when we start diving into it safely. So having a safe space to let go and to fall apart is where you can experience the fullness of your humanness, everything that's hidden underneath your mask, right? We all try to cover our vulnerability in everyday lives. We want to present ourselves cool and strong and confident and nice. Spiritual, like even spiritual mask is quite a thing, right? We need to act from our heart. And guess what happens when you act from your heart all the time and that becomes just your identity? The part of you that you're hiding is the one that doesn't want to act from the heart, the one that wants to screw things up and resent and resist and just torture someone. And yeah, I can imagine someone might feel triggered by me saying this right now. And yet we are multidimensional beings. We have everything in us. It's just too easy to believe that we are only this or that and we choose a really beautiful looking identity for ourselves. Like a man can choose an identity of being a strong man, tough man, like macho man, alpha male. Um, it's, it's definitely a popular image, right? It makes someone feel popular, strong, cool, attractive. And yet in ropes, you might start feeling that the opposite wants to come through. You want to cry. You want to just lay on someone's lap and share something tender, that something that you're not used to doing. In fact, you might even resist ropes for that reason that that's just too terrifying 
for you to do, right? It's, it's fascinating, but feel into this for a moment. What do you believe is your mask? What is something that feels like you are really maintaining a certain image, some sticky identity that you're carrying through your life? Maybe a really awesome identity doesn't have to be bad, but just generally something you feel like is just a big part of who you are. And that means that you are resenting the opposite, right? Like if you're a confident person, you are resenting the one who is shy and indecisive and really frightened, for example, or if you are a very masculine person, then the feminine side perhaps is being repressed. So the point is that if you go far in one direction, the opposite tends to be repressed. It can be quite um, a different situation, such as you might be tired of being powerless in your life, like you're you know, housewife and you just have the same routine and everything is done for you and you don't really get to make decisions and choices and have an opportunity to show your courage and confidence. So this rope journey, um, you're, you're being tied up basically can provoke a certain sense of empowerment and feeling that you, you've got it, like, wow, I can just do anything I want. And if you're someone who wants to be a nice girl, if you're a people pleaser, like if you're habitually wanting to make everyone comfortable and you believe your self-worth depends on how well you are making others comfortable, then rope journey can provoke someone who just wants to screw it up and just be selfish and not care about what others feel or think. So ropes are inviting the fullness of your being. It can be quite compared to a psychedelic journey because in psychedelic, what's hidden becomes apparent. What's, what you resist starts to persist. Um, everything that you didn't want to feel it needs to be felt. And everything that you've been avoiding needs to be revealed. So similarly in rope journey, you get to connect to certain parts and pieces that you normally don't want to experience. And this is beautiful because then you become a more balanced human, then you feel more at ease with yourself and complete because we are multidimensional be beings that are lacking wholeness because life just molds us as a certain shape. And ultimately what we really want to experience is all of dimensions of being human all the feelings, right? Not just laughter, but also tears, right? Not just uh, being nice, but also being angry. Um, everything. We want to experience the fullness of who we are. We want to be energized, but also be tired. We want to feel, brace ourselves for oof, getting things done. And then we want to feel completely passive and relaxed and yeah, everything and anything. So as you're feeling into what would be your expression while being tied up, I invite you to actually get a little taste of what it's like if you just for a minute stop yourself, whatever you are. If you can close your eyes, that's great. But if you're driving, for example, you can imagine like you're closing your eyes and feeling yourself being 
mummified in ropes, like feeling how it goes from your feet and how your legs are being tied together around your ankles. And then the rope starts wrapping you like a snake and goes higher and higher up to the thighs and to your hips and then to your belly and then to your chest. And then your arms are being totally wrapped in ropes right in front of you right around your chest and going high around your neck and even your face gets tied up, your eyes, your ears, and then finally your mouth. And then everything stops. And then you're just right in front of yourself. And how does it make you feel? To simply be with yourself. So this one minute mini guidance is a opportunity to catch a glimpse and imagine it for yourself and yet continue listening to me because I'm going to share what it can be like for others and what are the benefits from experiencing this rope journey. I actually call it rope journey because I ultimately find this to be a journey, an exploration, a playful, dynamic and experience or even a ceremony you can call it. Um, yeah, an opportunity to get out of your routine, to get out of your habits, to get out of all your responsibilities, decisions, obligations, to ultimately get out of your mind and meet yourself and allow yourself to just simply be, not human becoming, but human being and just resting whatever arises for you right now. Like irritation, be so. Uh, calmness, relaxation, be so. Right? Maybe even obsessive thoughts. Well, now you have a chance to really notice them. And that itself brings a tremendous sense of satisfaction. Uh, there is a sense of completion when you allow yourself just to be exactly as you are. There is a great sense of relaxation. There is also a potential for cathartic expression, for purging things out, venting things out, crying things out, raging things out. Uh, there is a potential for feeling sexual. All of a sudden you feel juicy and playful and turned on. Uh, there is a potential of remembering something from the past, different experiences in life where you felt trapped and helpless. Um, very rarely, but it happens that people approach me when they were tied up in the past against their will, and now they want to recreate this experience but feel safe and create a happy ending. Um, as a, which brings me to the subject of trauma healing. And in fact, it's uh, scientists write about that. Peter Le Levine, one of the modern day trauma researchers, he shares in his book in an unspoken voice. Let me read it straight from his book, actually. Precondition for the development of post-traumatic stress disorder is that a person is both frightened and perceive that he or she is trapped. The interaction of intense fear and immobility is fundamental in the formation of trauma, in its maintenance and in its deconstruction, resolution and transformation. So, in, in other words... We need to revisit places where we became traumatized. And trauma is the lingering psychosomatic response in our psyche. And we cannot just 
ignore it, dismiss it and pretend it's not there. It's going to own our life from its shadows without us knowing it. While in Shibari, we get to experience ourselves being trapped somehow. And if our past experience of being helpless is connected with something negative and frightening and scary, now we actually have a chance to go there safely and feel held and feel supported and feel like we are choosing this experience instead of being a victim of it. In fact, victimhood is really what keeps us trapped more than the external reality. So in ropes, we are not victims, no matter how trapped we are. So we have a, a sense of agency. We have control over the experience so we can choose a different ending. So those people who even physically were literally tied up against their will have reported incredible result of healing after exploring rope bondage, but one does not have to endure this kind of physical violence. Uh, in order to benefit from it, because it can be quite a metaphorical notion. Someone came to a rope journey, and when I tied him up, he went right in his situation of being trapped at work. Um, there is a work job that he really hates, and he cannot quit for various reasons. He feels completely trapped, trapped, and he hates it there. He hates his boss. He just doesn't want to go there. And while being enroped, he really had a chance to amplify it and experience it fully because he's been avoiding to even confess it to himself. And then based on that experience, he could make a different choice and make a different priority in his life. So often we need to amplify what's really there because... Things are hidden within ourselves. Our psyche is full of jewels that need to be amplified. And these jewels can be quite covered up with uh, different monster masks and places within ourselves that we can consider to be monsters or so to speak, like some, um, some places in you that crave distraction, for example, and wants to destroy it all, that wants to sabotage the good things in life, for example, like anything within yourself that you consider your inner monster is actually a jewel that you just need to uncover from that Halloween mask that it just temporarily got put on. So ropes are amplifier of what's real and what's true. And uh, being tied up is an opportunity to let go of certain traumatic memory and to rewrite your past, um, to have a different story to feel held and safe while being helpless, to learn to trust another person. Perhaps we had bad experiences when it comes to surrender, letting go and trusting and that that's why we are on guard. We might be hyper-vigilant, hyper-independent. And this gives you an experience of being held. I had a client who was a military in the past and he would not let his wife to hold him. He would be so hyper-vigilant, surrender and letting go, let God, it would not be about him at all. And he came to rope exploration with a hope to finally trust someone to guide him, to take him, to hold him. And he couldn't even believe that someone will be able to tie him up. He felt like it's just too much resistance from him. And very gradually, with a lot of patience and a lot of slowing down and breathing together and eye gazing and 
communicating ultimately. He was able to surrender and let go and that really changed his life. I've seen a lot of transformation in Shibara Rob Bondage. Definitely my case. My case, it's been a lot of shadow amplified and I would probably need a whole another episode to describe the depth and beauty and vulnerability of what I had experienced. I feel like ayahuasca could be the closest thing that I can compare it with because it really took me to places in me that I didn't realize they existed and made me face my deepest fear. Uh, my deepest fear was being trapped and helpless and in pain and knowing that I'm going to die. And I went through that experience in ropes. And in short, that's what made me see there is a light at the end of the tunnel, that even that experience is still part of being alive and it still has its value. I was able to see that and let go of that fear. Um, yeah, rope is an opportunity to face your fear and come out courageous on the other side. Rope is an opportunity to reach your rock bottom, right? When you are sensing that everything in life is falling apart and you're really trying to grasp and control and hold on and still have some power, and then in ropes, you can experience that total powerlessness where you just drop it and you become a messy mess and you just let yourself go crazy or go wild, go ugly, go stupid, like whatever definition is for you to really reach the rock bottom when you're just feeling all the discomfort and all the helplessness and really being pathetic mess splat on the ground. And that can be your rock bottom. And from that moment, you're not afraid. You got to the point where the worst has happened and now you can be reborn again. Now you can start fresh and now that fear no longer binds you. <laughs> so yeah, lots of beautiful examples of what's really possible to achieve through ropes. Uh, but ultimately it goes to the point of getting out of your mind and coming to your body so rope brings you to your embodiment. Ropes, ropes are all about bringing you right into your body, baby. Yeah, right into connecting to your precious self. I like how my mentor once said that ropes are not a hammock. They're not meant to be super fuzzy, sweet and comfy. Maybe sometimes, okay, but most of the time they're not. You feel ropes. They don't have to be excruciatingly painful either. But you really feel when ropes are there, you, you really notice them. And they are really pressing against your body. They're squeezing you. I don't want to say pinching you because that might be perceived as something really sharp. But no, they are like a very tight uh, embrace and um, tight welcoming into yourself. Like, hey, this is your leg. Feel your leg. This is your your chest, feel your chest. This is your belly, feel it, feel it. So it's a really strong, powerful invitation to feel your body. And guess what? Every body part has its story to share because once you start getting tied up, you start noticing 
that every part of your body has something to express. And some body parts can be more quiet and peaceful and others can be loud. I can share a little story of one of my epic fails. As when you play ropes, there are failures too. There are some situations that, you know, don't go according to the to plan. So yeah, rope is for risk takers and it's not something that can be predicted how it's going to go 100%. But anyway, once I got invited to a birthday party and as a surprise, I was supposed to tie up a birthday boy in, in front of his guests. And I was in a playful mood and he was a guy from extreme sports community thinking that he's tough and I just wanted to play a little rough with him. So my first... Um, circle of rope around his was around his neck it wasn't tight obviously it wasn't to choke him it was just pretty symbolic and as soon as i placed my rope in the back side of his neck he freaked out he panicked that was quite surprising to see that was his story that was what his neck was speaking like his neck couldn't take it and it was just um a strong visceral response of his whole body that this is danger if someone is tying my neck. I mean, you can possibly imagine that neck is a vulnerable space. And uh, yet once we start tying his arms and legs, he was a lot nicer. He was a lot more relaxed. He enjoyed it and it was fun. But um, yeah, the initial reaction was a strong fight or flight mode. And I had to spend some time cuddling him and speaking sweet things into his ears to make sure that he understands that he's safe. And I was probably way too fast trying to tie his neck in front of other people. So yeah, rope is definitely provoking all kinds of responses and different body parts will share a different story. So it's an opportunity to really listen to yourself, to listen to what your body has to say, because what your mind is saying, what you identified as who you are and your story about yourself and the qualities that you have as a human now, they are quite different from what your body has to say. You might present yourself as a really confident person who's got it all together. And once you're tied up, some body part might express its cry that, you're, that I'm just way too confused and lost and scared ultimately. So different body parts can share a different story. So, yes, ropes going further. What are... The other possibilities, uh, of course, the obvious one is many people connect rope with sexuality. Of course, rope is an opportunity to feel intimate and to feel sexy. Or really common fantasy to be tied up and to have sex while being tied up. And I'm included here myself. It's really hot if someone can tie me up well and then oh, do all kinds of naughty things with me really sexy lots of fantasy about tying someone up and doing all kinds of things to them so power exchange yes ropes are all about power exchange because unless you are tying yourself up then usually it's an exchange between two people one person tying the other and that puts you in the place of position of power and position of helplessness which is a whole another chapter i can explore here with you uh 
power exchange it's beautiful right yeah the position of power once someone is feeling that power like wow i can tie you up you're allowing me to be to tie you up how great it is i have this certain power and control over you of course goes without saying consent has a tremendous importance here and yet there is a certain point when consent has been established trust is there communication is perfect verbal nonverbal everything is just flowing and then there is a, a possibility of experience in top space and subspace these uh, common terminologies from uh, BDSM world the top space is the dominant space the place of ultimate power and then the subspace is the space of ultimate surrender and the beauty of those two is that there is a state of flow that unites them it means that everything is just right everything is perfect effortlessly flowing like a state of being one with universe and you kind of go in the opposite extreme to meet right there in that unity of flow. Let me explain what I mean here. So one person goes in the extreme of power. There comes the moment that you're just high on your power, right? I've been a dome myself for a while and I'm tying people up. And uh, there comes uh, certain times, not all the time, of course, there is uh, there are other emotions I can experience while tying people up, such as attunement, compassion, empathy, um, concentration and creativity yeah lots of possibilities but there are times sometimes that I am experiencing that state of unlimited power I can just do anything I cannot fail I cannot go wrong this person will accept anything from me they're just so ready to take me in fully without any limitations and that feel can feel so intoxicating, like, wow, I can do anything, right? Of course, in the world of limitations and helplessness, experiencing that sense of high from owning so much power over other. And it's hard to describe. You have to experience it, but trust me, it's intoxicating. It's a beautiful feeling. And ultimately, it actually healed me in life because I've been a really... Uh, hopeless people pleaser and always helpless and begging others for uh, mercy in life in general like not able to take care of myself not able to claim my power and speak up for myself and speak my needs desires and boundaries or stand up for myself when someone offends me so I experienced that state of power while pursuing my career of a dominatrix and in that power, I started to feel that confidence and leadership high on just, wow, I just can do anything. I can be nice to this person, but I can also slap them or I can tie them in a really soft and sensual way. I can tease them sexually or I can just, just throw them around while tied up. So that sense of power is really beautiful experience. And now on the other side, when surrendering, when being tied up, when losing power, when trusting the other, letting go, it's when there comes a point, again, given the fact there is a beautiful connection, attunement, trust, relaxation, surrender, that's when there is a sense like, wow, it doesn't matter anymore, pleasant, unpleasant, agreeable, disagreeable, just do anything to me, take me use me, ravish me, break me, kill me, anything. 
anything, just do anything with me. And that deep state of powerlessness, helplessness, surrender, it's called subspace, this deep high of submitting. And when both people on both poles experience in this deep, powerful extremes, this is when they're united. Because by going, <clears throat> like imagine you're staying on the earth and you start walking in the opposite direction. You go really, really, really far, really, really far, but the earth is round. And at some point you meet on the other side and you're together again. So there is some similarity here, just metaphorically speaking, right? When you experience that total high, total um, power, and then on the other side, total high of total powerlessness, this is when you really get to meet one another and the one who is powerless has that sense of so much power. Like anything can be done to me and do whatever you want. There is a sense of power in that total surrender. And at the same time, in that state of total control, like I can do anything with this person, anything I want, there is also a state of powerlessness because that's when you are uh, not even choosing, not even deciding, not even knowing where you're going next. You just just go with your own flow and just enjoy the ride. So ultimately both are experiencing this deep state of rest, relaxation and state of spontaneity and flow and total acceptance, total love, total harmony. So um, it's like this unity and this bliss that you get to experience through power exchange. So um, this is one of the great benefits of Shibari rope exploration is the experience of that beautiful trip of power exchange, right? Like, oh my God, I'm so excited about this topic. I'm not fully organized with this uh, episode. I just really wanted to let my flow take me and that's really what's happening. But yeah, I want to just kind of go through everything I shared, the experience of relaxation, surrender, embodiment, trauma release, uh, sexuality. Yeah, you get wilder orgasms in ropes, by the way. That's definitely my personal experience because ropes really take me into my body, into my vulnerability, exposing my heart row and open to my partner and heightened sensations that's high of being helpless. All of that creates this juicy sexuality and it can be incredible exchange. And then power exchange. Yep. All of that. Now it's not it. <laughs> Rope have more. Ropes have more to offer. Um, aesthetics of it. Ropes are beautiful. You can play for the aesthetics, and there can be a art piece. There is a famous Shibari artist that you might want to follow if you haven't yet. Kinoko. He's a Japanese rope artist who really specializes on the beauty of it. He's all about the beauty. He makes women look so beautiful in his ropes. He makes um, incredible art in all the art exhibitions like art basil like places like that he does like art installations with people being trapped in the spider webs and it's really provoking and it's so beautiful so intricate it takes many many hours to create such beauty and there is a lot of technical precision there which brings me to the next point that shibari is also about technical expression like how well you can 
pull it off, <laughs> technically speaking, because it's just really a technical task to really do it safely. Like if you want to suspend someone in rope in a very challenging position, like stropato suspension, your arms being pulled from underneath you behind, like very dangerous position for the shoulders. Um, everything is really on, has to be done on time because um, once the suspension is there, the clock is ticking, the model only has that much time. So you have to be extremely precise. You have no room for error because it's just the life of a person is in your hands. So you need to make it technically right. And not even just for physical safety, some people enjoy the technical precision just for the technical precision itself. They want to play with really complex, intricate knots and really have good memory of how exactly to tie this leg and then this harness and then the harness on the chest, like how to really make it technically precise and perfect that there is not a single part of rope that is not neat and really done right, technically speaking. So it's not really about me so much for me technical part is the it's not the end goal it's the means to make it safe and make it beautiful and at the same time there are many people who practice rope bondage for the technical side of things and it's great so here we are <laughs> i feel like it's good to start drawing some conclusions here because i already shared lots of different ideas of why people want to be tied up and for what purpose would you want to explore shibari rope bondage now the journeys that i'm offering when it comes to ropes like as i'm this is my work this is my livelihood this is my passion i tie for different reasons and yet for my work when it comes to shibari rope journeys that i offer these are sacred journeys to vulnerability these are ceremonial experiences and i call it ceremonial because we bring an element of secrecy to it which means that we make it holistic, we make it whole, we bring different states of consciousness into play. So it's not just a physical tie and it's not only emotional tie, right? It's not only a spiritual aspect because we bring a raw humanness into it. So there's all the energies, past and future and memories and emotions and intuition and and raw instincts, by the way, I feel like that's one thing that I haven't covered is uh, the animal instincts, because as civilized humans, we forget and we repress that part of ourselves. And when we are being tied up, we often have that sense of being a trapped animal and those raw instincts are roaring. And that's a beautiful moment of being able to connect to this part of yourself like how would you act if you really lose your face as a civilized human and now you're a trapped animal who is about to get devoured by a predator how would you act and just being able to stay conscious through it to stay mindful and not to um not to really drown in your reaction but instead still be on top of it, still have a certain agency when it comes to exploring different states of consciousness. So my rope journeys are an exploration of different states of consciousness and they are intentional. So I treat it also as a coaching container because I like to really prepare a very safe ground 
and um, really get to know the human being who is next to me because no journey is the same and intentions are different. So I want to ask many questions, ask them who they are, where they come from in the deepest possible level and what brings them to ropes, what's their past experience with ropes, what is their experience with speaking up the needs and boundaries. And then based on a lot of questions and answers, we really get to craft this unique experience. One of the key factors of on crafting this experience is the intention. Uh, it's about really knowing why you're doing it, not just in your mind, but embodied intention is when you really feel it, like there's a deeper calling within me and this is what I'm looking for. For some people, it can be trust. For some people, it's about embodiment. For some people, it's um, about embracing the feminine. It doesn't have to be a, a woman for this. You can be a man who wants to embrace your feminine side, feminine and tantric um, terminology. It's the humanness itself. It's the life force within us. It's the expression of raw aliveness within ourselves, that wild, raw Shakti power that just wants to break free and play in all sorts of ways. That can be also sexual energy as well, exploring eroticism. And yeah, so many different creative intentions, different people uh, declare, but everything comes down to amplifying something hidden and making it apparent. So once we announce the intention, this is when we meet in person, for the journey itself, which is about two, three to four hours from start to end. We like to start things slowly, have a tea ceremony, have a chat, and then dive into present moment and consecration, which is an act of offering all fruits, merits, and results of the experience to the divine consciousness, connecting to source. And in a way, the rope journey, the place where it takes you is a place where you are separate from source. I trust that's really what's happening. It's about bringing light to places in you which are overshadowing, like which are somehow like a dirty window between your identity and the true light, true essence of your being, your Atman, your true self, your divine nature. So whatever is on the way tends to get exposed. And then we feel a lot lighter as humans because we feel a lot more connected to the highest power, to the source itself. Yeah, rope journey is an opportunity to uh, relax deeply. Many clients come to me because they crave that deep nourishment of being helpless and just not doing anything and just receiving, just being just things being done to them. But the kind of things being done to them are not just random things. They are somehow being burst in a place of creativity and deep attunement. So ultimately, things being done to them are things they ultimately want to receive. And my mastery is to be able to intuit what are the things that need to be done. Because with every person, I'll have a different way of connecting and interacting and playing with ropes. With some people I can be tender, with others I can be intense and rough. 
Sometimes I'm surprised myself, like, wow, I did not expect that part of me to play out. I can be so motherly tender when I'm embracing someone with my ropes. Or I can be really cruel. <laughs> and um, yeah, big part of discussion before we begin ropes is, of course, boundaries and consent, because that's a prerequisite for safety for both of us, right? Of course, it's for my clients, because my clients really needs to feel safe when it comes to this intimate journey. Otherwise, they won't relax. They won't go deep. And I need to feel safe with them too because I want them to be responsible for themselves. I am ultimately not knowing 100% what's right for them. I can intuit, I can feel, I have expertise, but ultimately they are the ones who know what's right. So I want my client to be able to speak up if something is wrong. And also, of course, embrace the risk of this journey because just like in a psychedelic exploration, yes, it can be incredible. You might feel on top of the world after, or you can just really be shattered. Your identity can have such crisis or even physical body. Like even if everything is done perfectly right, if you are going really for a wild radical suspension journey, like when you are hanging upside down in ropes, it's not for every client, of course, Some, some a lot of my clients get great benefits without being lifted off the grounds. But if you go a lot further and actually explore suspension, there is physical danger. And even if everything is done right, technically, our physical limitations and kinks in our bodies can actually um, still provoke a certain physical trauma. So physically, it's never 100% safe when you're playing with shibari suspension it's an extreme sport and we need to understand the risks so yeah lots of discussion has to be done before we embark on this journey as far as risks and benefits so just like being with a doctor it's you need to be informed of what you're signing up for so i take my time to make sure my client is really informed and that i feel safer too because i know that they are responsible for their part and we are in this together um yeah so emotional release epiphanies inside spiritual connection deep relaxation playfulness a sense of this deep bliss of ultimate surrender and relaxation, certain re resolution of certain situations in life and uh, release of some past tensions from some unresolved stories and lots of different benefits my clients report from this rope experience. It's definitely worthy of exploring and this is something I'm so passionate about and I'm feeling so lucky and privileged to call Shibari my work. Now, in the afterglow of this experience of being tied up, which can have so many ups and downs, right? When you're tied up, you often don't experience just one emotion. Usually it's, you go from bliss to torture, to agony, to ecstasy. Uh, most of the time, it's lots of different waves. And then you need to land safely after this exploration and feel um, grounded again, be able to return to this world of shapes and forms. A lot of people fly really high and far and really visit some new places. And it just takes a bit of time to land and I want to make it soft. So I am definitely all up for aftercare and different forms of aftercare, such as hugging, chatting, laying down, chilling, meditating, uh, taking a hot bath. Oh, I love making hot bath for my clients. I I love taking bath myself and I love to offer it to others, but of course it's individual 
it's beneficial for some people and others prefer something different. And once my client is ready to go home, I'm um, making sure that they are feeling really at ease and safe to go. And then next days I definitely follow up to see how they feel. And we are scheduling our debrief and integration talk. Integration is not optional. And this is the famous phrase of my mentors, Ta and Cole, who teach psychedelic integration, the condor approach. They're amazing. And I love that integration is not optional because I don't want ropes to just be another experience and another high and then forget about it, live your life like you used to. I want this to be some way to infuse your life with something great. Change something, change some habits, change some patterns or just feel lighter. So I want to help my clients to integrate what they've experienced into their everyday life before. Perhaps they had some epiphany, a certain understanding that like, huh, like for example, when I'm being tied up, I'm instantly, um, this is how I'm acting. I'm hiding my emotions, for example, like I'm feeling something and I'm just doing everything I can to hide it from the world. And if they realize that this pattern doesn't really um, feel good inside the rope container and they actually feel a lot nicer when they're able to express their, how they feel and their emotions and breathe and make sounds and moan and move. This is when they can consider doing this in their lives. And that can be a great discovery. And sometimes there it takes a little bit of um, intentionality and certain determination and even discipline to implement those new discoveries and tools and ideas into your everyday life. So my job is to give certain insights, advice, ideas, encouragement to help uh, my client integrate and make right conclusions, of course, and uh, based on these conclusions of this experience to integrate their insights into their everyday life. So this is the journeys that I offer to my clients, although on a personal level, of course, I play with all aspects of Shibari. I still don't, I don't think there is any that I've missed. Um, in fact, the self-tying part, there is a lot of benefit in that. I'm planning to go deeper this year in 2024. One of my intentions is to dive deeper into self-tying because this will symbolize that I will be using the same tool that I use so brilliantly to connect with others. I'm going to use it a lot more on myself and explore the world of self-tying. But other than that, I've dove into every possible dimension of rope as far as I know. And I just keep falling in love with rope. I keep on discovering more and more possibilities on how to play with ropes. And every new human that I'm tying with or who is tying me or I'm tying them is a whole world of possibilities, whole world of connection and intimacy and depth and beauty. And I just love to connect to people through ropes. It's definitely a magical tool. <laughs> Really, it's so simple and it's so potent. Anyway, I feel like it's time to wrap this up and I hope that this was uh, insightful, inspiring. And I'm 
looking forward to hear any feedback you have in mind. I'm always welcome to hear how the this podcast resonates with you. I'm imagining you, my listener, and I, will, I when I hear if my any feedback, I can imagine you a lot clearer because then you become more real to me. And I really appreciate any uh, support. If this was beneficial for you, please leave a nice five star in Spotify. If it's Apple, please leave a nice review uh, that so more people can actually find this episode. Uh, follow me on my social media. The links are in bio. If you're curious what's on the menu as far as the programs that I'm offering for groups, uh, these days I'm preparing this juicy feminine container for women who want to explore yoni massages and really come closer to their deepest orgasmic potential in fact come very close like really get quite there really get there to this deepest possibility of your orgasmic pleasure and bliss so it's also a journey into vulnerability it's also an opportunity to fall apart and experience the deepest bliss of being held so this is a deep intimate container for women which we are holding with my mentor Surya in March, March 1st, 2nd and 3rd. These are the dates in Austin and we already begin in February with certain online teachings. So if you feel like called to join, hurry up if you're listening to it. When it's already late, there will be more. Uh, so you can always visit my website and check on my schedule as far as the travels, as far as groups that I'm offering. I'm based in Austin, Texas, but I also travel a lot around the world and offer my journeys, my teachings, lessons, classes, and groups, and certification trainings to uh, different individuals and groups and people and i'm really really happy that you are here listening to me and let's stay connected wishing you a really beautiful day bye bye